Hello and welcome to our latest episode of View from the Loch with myself, Bill Donald. My guest this week is Duncan Campbell from Golf Betting Club. Uh, Duncan has um, a background in uh, betting and sports betting, and this is a, well, new exciting club possibly, but certainly in his fourth year. And Duncan has a good knowledge of golf uh, and sport in general. And I think you're going to find this podcast illuminating. You're very welcome to view from the lock, Duncan. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, you know, we've spoken off air about how I'm a, I'm a keen listener uh, to yeah. the podcast and uh, delighted to be, to be here with you today. Thank you very much. Yes, Duncan's reached out, but you know, Bonafide Golf Betting Club is, is, is his business, uh, and we want to hear about it. And of course, we want to hear about uh, Oak Hill coming up this weekend and what your thoughts are with regards to that. But first and foremost, Duncan, a bit of background. So, you know, you, you, I know through chatting that you spent some time at Loch Lomond Golf Club at the Scottish Open as a youngster. So is that the sort of thing that influenced you to start following the game of golf? Yeah, you, you know, I think so. Um, you know, my uh, my dad uh, was a golf journalist uh, growing up. Uh, so me and my brother would would usually accompany him or get towed along uh, to, you know, whatever event it was that, that he was covering. Um, so, you know, we, we went to pretty much every event in Scotland, uh, you know, whether it be the Scottish Open, whether that was the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, um, or, you know, any any other event that was that was kind of worth covering, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, we, we spent a fair amount of time, uh, I guess, as kids in and around golf. Um, you know, we would we'd quite often get, you know, dropped off for the day, essentially. You know, Dad had to work. Uh, yeah. And we would have to go and amuse ourselves uh, for for the you know the, the day, um, so yeah, we, we spent that, we spent hours and hours uh, at Loch Lomond. You know, at the Scottish Opens hold a real fond kind of memory uh, for me. I can you know vividly remember being there with my you know ten ham sandwiches, uh, <laughs> you know walking the course at least twice a day. Um, so yeah, you, you know when you're running around golf that much. Um, dad used to kind of make it interesting for us as well. You know, I probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, he would often say, you know, I'll, I'll give you a tenner and, you know, you pick out a player that, that you think is going to win this week. Uh, and you would, you know, let us have a, a bit of interest, I suppose you would you would call it. Um, and, you know, that, that player that you picked, you then followed around, you know, religiously, you know, willing every putt to go in the hole and, you know, ruining every errant drive. Um, so yeah, so I think from an early age, it was it was pretty clear that you know golf was a sport that really really kind of captured the imagination. Well, Duncan, you know, I mean, everybody, nearly everybody, sort of has a has a bet because we've got the Grand National, and it's an institution where lots of the vast majority of the UK population put a stick stick a few quid on a horse, uh, and and then would say I never gamble type thing. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you know that sort of, but. Well, for me as a youngster, Lee Trevino captivated me uh, because of his humour, the way that he could manoeuvre the ball uh, around the golf course, which seemed a bit different to what else was happening. Um, was there a golfer that sort of caught your imagination, Duncan, and, and you thought, well, you know, that that's impressive? I don't know, like, if I had, like, kind of, you know, an, an idol. Obviously, Tiger was, was you know, great at that, that kind of time. But, you know, seeing him in person, I think we only ever saw Tiger once. We went with Dad to um, the match play down at Wentworth uh, and we watched Tiger. And, and my brother Neil, who I run Golf Betting Club, he actually got 
Tiger's ball. Um, and it must be a, it must be a bit of a rarity actually because it was when Tiger uh, when Tiger was still playing Titleist, I think. Wow. Um, so it was pre it was pre the night balls. Um, so yeah, it must be a real collector's item by now. Um, but Tiger was obviously you know fascinating. Um, Sergio Garcia, I guess you know was all of that time. Yeah. Um, and that shot around the tree was, that, was it the PGA Championship or the US Open? I can't remember which. Um, I can remember the shot. Yeah, but that's that shot. Uh, he was wearing that blue Adidas top, and um, yeah, that still sticks in the mind. Um, so I, I quite liked watching Sergio. You know, he was he just had that kind of Spanish flair, didn't he? Uh, about him when when he certainly when he was coming through, uh, he was fun to watch. Um, but to bring it back to guess the original question, it quite often related to who we had you know interest on in that week. Um, yeah. So you know, if it had been uh, you know ten pounds had gone on Ernie Els that week. That was the guy that we followed, and that, you know that was um, that was the one who kind of captured the imagination. Um, but yeah, you know Ernie was a real favourite, especially because he came to the Scottish Open regularly, uh, and his swing was just beautiful, wasn't it? Uh, I could watch Ernie Els swing it all day long. Yeah, the big easy, and uh, you know he loved staying. For those that know Loch Lomond Golf Club, and for the members of Loch Lomond, he stayed at the Point. Uh, which is a fabulous place, and uh, that that was all part of the connection. Uh, he brought his family, and he's a massive Loch Lomond fan. So maybe we might get him. We should try and get him on the podcast. I think Duncan, and uh, you know, <laughs> get the the Big Easy's uh, view on golf in general. So okay, golf betting club. What was the idea behind it, Duncan? What motivated you and your brother Neil then to say, right, this is something we should get involved with? Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty simple one, really. You know, Neil and I have been betting profitably on golf for the best part of 20 years. Um, and, you know, with golf being almost a year-round sport, um, you know, other than the couple of weeks break for Christmas, you don't really have much uh, of a kind of off-season, I suppose. Um, and Neil and I had spoken for a long time about, you know, how could we get our, our knowledge um, down, you know, down into not paper as such, but, you know, website form so that we could share the knowledge that we had uh, with other people and, and, you know, and ultimately try and help them make a bit of money. Um, we were great advocates. Uh, there was a book when we were growing up called Elliot's Golf Form. Uh, and some of, some of your older listeners uh, in the UK may remember Elliot's Golf Form. Um, it was written by a, a man called Keith Elliott. Uh, and it was basically an encyclopedia of golf betting, you know, pre the internet. This was essentially the golf betting Bible. Uh, and it was great. You know, it had uh, player guides, had guides to every event, you know, what to look for, you know, who, who was perhaps a bottler, uh, you know, who couldn't be trusted on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and I can remember every year when this book came out, I read it from cover to cover. Um, you know, I just couldn't get enough of it. And Neil and I had spoken for a long time about how could we replicate this uh, in online form. Um, uh, you know, Keith Elliott had stopped making the books uh, a while ago. Um, and there was nothing really, in our opinion, that kind of replicated that uh, online. So luckily for, oh, no, oh, I suppose luckily or unluckily, whichever side of the coin you're looking at it, but um, uh, coronavirus and COVID uh, came along um, and, and obviously golf stopped for a while. Uh, and that really gave us the window to, to create Golf Betting Club um, and really get everything down uh, online that we'd wanted to for all these years. Um, we had a three-month window where we created 100, well, I think we've got 150 now, 150 player profiles uh, where we discuss in depth about, you know, 
uh, players and what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. You know, uh, can they be trusted on a Sunday in contention? Um, you know, are they good in the wind? Are they good in the rain? You know, basically all those kind of things that you you need to know if you're betting on a player in golf. Um, and that kind of started off in, in June 2020, um, and you know we've been we've been really successful. You know, results have been great, um, and, and people really like what we do. Um, I think the other main thing to say is that we cover events all the way through. So a lot of websites, you'll just get the preview on, say, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and they'll maybe give you some tips before the event starts. But, you know, one of the things that we do that's that's probably unique to us is that we'll do a blog after every round, you know, discussing, you know, what happened the day before and what we think will then happen, you know, going forward in the tournament as well. So, we, you know, we'll give tips to subscribers right the way through the event, not just uh, at the start. Um, and, you know, thankfully, like, you know, like I said to you before, the, before we came on, uh, it's been really successful, you know, really profitable uh, and, and some really happy subscribers who have renewed, you know, year on year. So, you know, again, we're in profit this year. We're, we're over 100 points uh, in profit uh, with almost a 20% ROI for this year. So, you know, things are looking good again this year. Uh, and here's hoping that the PGA will bring us a bit of success this week as well. Right. Yes, we're going to come on and, of course, talk about that. Um, was, was there a bet, Duncan, that you were particularly proud of? The one that kind of stands out uh, uh, is Martin Laird uh, in 2020. So we just launched Golf Betting Club um, yeah. and we had him to win the Shriners uh, and the PGA Tour uh, and we had him at 275 to 1. Um, that, so that was a real, you know, big winner. Obviously, Martin being Scottish as well, it was a nice, you know, yeah. a nice double whammy. Um, that that was, you know, a real kind of big moment for us. Um, and then the other one in, in 2020, we... Um, when I spoke about us doing in-play betting, we had Jim Herman um, at 300 to 1 in 2020 as well. Uh, that was an in-play selection at the halfway point, uh, you know, which just goes to show the value of you know, continually monitoring your bets uh, throughout the week. And, you know, don't Do you just... Know... Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, it's important to, 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 to monitor your bets and, and always review your positions because you can get some real great odds uh, in running. Yeah, yeah, no, th that's true. I mean, I do a little bit, and uh, I'm going to sh share something with you, Duncan. I, Jim Herman, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> it was a huge price. I, I think I had him at a hundred, so he'd made the cut. Um, but obviously, a journeyman pro who had uh, a successful little spell, and I, I think I, I had ten pounds on him from memory uh, at a hundred to one, so that was okay. Uh, and I actually got talking to uh, a chap. Well, it was a podcast. I used to do some live stuff uh, for World of Sport. They call it. it was a it was a sort of a a new fledgling um, online uh, social media type uh, venture, and uh, they got me to do live these live interviews, which was uh, certainly um, pressurised. Uh, and one of the chaps I had on from America was associated with Jim Herman, and I think it caddied for him. I was certainly one of his best friends. And I remember we had a good chat about uh, Jim, and you know he said he, he was absolutely thrilled because PGA victory. I'm not sure if Jim's now got two under his belt, but certainly that one uh, I can clearly remember because of interest in it. So I'm glad you brought that up, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're some of my favourite players, to be honest. You know they. 
those kind of guys who you know maybe struggle from week to week um and are quite often further down the betting but yeah. you know when, when i spoke earlier on about which players had bottle and which players didn't you know jim herman is someone that really does have bottle um yeah. i think he's got maybe two or even three pga tour wins now um but when he's in contention he's one of those guys that you know he can really get the job done um but he'll miss you know a hell of a lot of cuts you know you miss you know 70 percent of his cuts probably in the year um but those weeks when he does well he really makes it count um and they're my favorite players i love those kind of guys um so yeah hopefully jim herman can give us another one yeah yeah we'll wait and see so duncan okay um so some general golf betting strategy or the process for making selections so basically ways to make people better betters so how, how do you go about that I, I, I think my main thing is now is that you, you, you want to gather as much information as you can. Um, now, I appreciate that, that perhaps most people will have time constraints. And, you know, if you're just having a flutter on, on the PGA or, or something like that or the Masters, you know, you might just look at the, the course form uh, and the recent form. You know, that's generally what, what the kind of casual better, I suppose, would, would look at. Um, but I think what we have now is that we've got some really you know, strong stats, um, you know, you might be used to seeing things like driving accuracy, uh, driving distance, you know, greens and regulation. They were all the traditional uh, stats that we, that we used to have. But, you know, now we're seeing we've got strokes gained uh, data, you know, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, uh, you know, all those kind of areas uh, to, to really analyze in depth, you know, how good players are. Um, so, you know, if you can and have time, you know, do pay attention to the, to the data that's out there. Um, look for players that are trending um, in particular areas. Um, and if you see a player, like, you know, Jim Herman's a good example, that if you see a player who's been, you know, really having, you know, some quite poor stats, but then all of a sudden you just see a glimmer in terms of, you know, his approach play the last couple of weeks. Looks like it might have been coming around and it starts to be positive and he's gaining strokes uh, with his approach play. You know, if the course suits, that might be a nice time to play someone like Jim Herman. Um, and you'll get quite big odds because, you know, he he might have been terrible the last few weeks, um, but maybe it hasn't been picked up that his approach play is, is suddenly improved. Um, so other than the stats, I think that the other thing to kind of look at is know the player and know the test. Um, it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but, you know, really understand what courses uh, have been used in previous weeks and what course is being used, you know, this particular week. Um, so if you look, for example, on the, the European Tour this past week, they were playing in Belgium. Uh, the course was a, a shorter tree-lined course where accuracy, you know, was the order of the day. Um, but if you look at the courses they played the previous weeks, they were kind of longer, longer hitter courses where power was, was favoured. Um, and I quite often like to look for players who you wouldn't expect to do well at those courses. So if you have a shorter hitter who's maybe finished, you'd say top forty, um, at a longer hitter's course, you know he's overperformed. You know you wouldn't expect him to traditionally do well um, on that longer hitter course. And then when it comes to a shorter course that's really in his wheelhouse, that's when you know he can take advantage. Um, and if he's overperformed uh, uh, in previous weeks, chances are that you know his game's in good shape, um, and he will go well again. Um, the other kind of thing to say, I suppose, is that, you know, social media um, is fantastic these days. If you have the time uh, or the inclination to, you know, 
look and pay attention to what players, caddies are posting on social media. Um, there, there's a kind of treasure trove there of, of great information. Um, now, that could be players who have updated their status to say that, you know, I didn't really swing it that well last week. You know, I'm not very happy with my game. Or it could be someone else that says, you know, the putts didn't, just didn't drop this week, but, um, you know, I'm swinging it fantastically well. Um, and again, you'll find little nuggets of gold uh, if you if you have the time, um, or you know if you follow someone online uh, that can that can help you out with that. Um, they are fantastic sources of information. Okay, well, I think that's great advice, isn't it? So do your research. Uh, plenty of information out there, so no excuse if you really want to try and uh, and be successful. So we've got um, Duncan the PGA coming up. So Oak, Oak Hill um, Country Club. So it, it was effectively a little bit of background on it. 1901, uh, a, a group of people acquired 90 acres uh, in October, um, leased, actually it was nine holes. And in 1922, they give up the 90 acres for 350 acres uh, involving the University of Rochester. So it's Donald Ross as the architect, but they've also had Robert Trent Jones to do a renovation and George and Tom Fazio to make it up to tournament standard or tournament ready. Then they approached a guy called Andrew Green in 2020 to reconnect to the original design of Greens. So to try and move back or at least doff the cap to the Donald Ross era, which had obviously sort of um, been, uh, I guess, removed. Uh, so the fifth par three, is like the original sixth, and the sixth par four is like the original fifth. Uh, and, and the thing that, uh, having a look at this particular golf course, uh, the bunkering, um, it's bold, aggressive, and steep. And it is a bit like an open here in the UK. Uh, and that's something I think we've got to keep an eye on. Uh, tree line trees was, was a, a massive thing for this club. Um, there was a Dr. Williams, who uh, actually planted in excess of 30,000 trees. Uh, he actually asked for acorns to be delivered from around the world, and then he grew, he grew them in a sort of packed garden, and then they got uh, transposed and, and, and uh, planted uh, in Oak Hill. So they have this huge emotional attachment to trees, of which numerous were culled by Andrew Green, which caused a lot of... Um, I think consternation amongst the membership, but what it does do, and we would know this at Loch Lomond, it provides space and air for the course to breathe, because obviously trees grow, roots grow, and it can be problematic. Um, so I, I guess we've, we've got a course here that, I, I'm not gonna say it's British, but uh, definitely, definitely signs of that. So who, Duncan, are you looking at closely uh, at Oak Hill on the PGA? Yeah, so I think the first thing I guess I would say is that, that we've been here before, you know, Oak Hill hosted in 2013 and, and 2003. Um, and if you look back at those results, um, you know, I, I guess the guys that won it, you could probably categorize them as plodders. Um, you know, they, they're kind of guys who, um, you know, hit it not that far off the tee, but, you know, keep it in play. Um, and even the players who are in and around the winners were all, I guess, of that kind of ilk. Um, and so that would naturally kind of lead you to to look at players who are perhaps going to keep it in play, you know, shorter off the tee, uh, and just you know keep the ball in play. But you know, I think one other thing that interests me is that those events were in August, 
um, when they were played before. Um, and we're obviously now in May this year. Um, I think we've seen kind of harder, firmer uh, versions of Oak Hill in the past. Um, whereas this year, you know, given the time of year uh, and where we are, I don't think we'll see as firm a course as we as we have in the past. Um, and you know, I whilst I would kind of traditionally pay a, a, a relative amount of credence to to course form, I think the changes that you alluded to from Andrew Green perhaps changed things as well. Um, the removal of a number of those trees. Um, I've seen some pictures of the rough, which looks pretty juicy again uh, yeah. this week, as, as it always seems to be for American majors. Um, and and I, I wonder that, you know, given that the course is going to be a bit softer, thick rough, um, I'm wondering if we see, you know, power uh, again come to the fore. Um, and, you know, although plodders and, and kind of shorter hitters who are accurate have dominated the leaderboard here in the past, I think we're going to see, you know, long, accurate driving. Um, and if you are in the rough, it's, it's like it's been in the past. You always want to be as far down the fairway as you can and have a shorter club in your hand. Um, you know, anyone that, that plays golf will know that it's easier to hit out the rough from, with a wedge than it is to hit out the rough from a five iron. Um, so if you do, you know, find find yourself offline, it's better to be further down the fairway. Um, and, and I certainly think power is, is, is going to be a big advantage this week. Um, and that's certainly kind of one of the things that I'm, that I'm factoring in um, this week. Okay. In terms of, I guess, in terms of who I like, um, you know, it's, it's incredibly hard to see past Ram and Scheffler, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's an obvious thing to say, but I would expect at least one or both of them to be contending this week. Um, you know, they're both just in fantastic form, and, and to, for me, they're the best players uh, at, at the at the top of a game. Um, interesting also that Rory McIlroy calls Oak Hill a second home. Yeah. Um, Rory's, uh, Rory's uh, partner um, uh, is from the area and I think he's an ordinary member um, yeah. at Oak Hill. Um, so, you know, if anyone's going to have course knowledge this week, it, it's Rory. Um, and, and perhaps, you know, having um, been out of the spotlight, having, you know, underperformed at the Masters, underperformed at Quail Hollow, which is, you know, another course that he's dominated. Um, he could come in a bit under the radar this week. Um, but, but the players that I, I kind of like from a betting perspective are actually two uh, live golfers. Um, I, I really like uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka uh, this week. From from those golfers that are at the front uh, of the market, I think they are both very interesting options. You know, Kepka uh, obviously gave us a great run at the Masters. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's a fantastic player. The last time the PGA was in uh, New York. Uh, he, uh, 2019, I think it was, um, par 70 at Bethpage. Uh, he he won that one, I think, from memory. Um, and uh, Dustin Johnson plays par 70 courses fantastically well. Um, so they would be the two golfers that I'm most interested in from a betting perspective. I think, you know, in terms of, of the return you're going to get, I think they are the juiciest prices uh, that, that I like, certainly from, from the front end of the market. Um, there's a few towards the back end, which I think are interesting as well. But certainly, from in terms of winning, uh, Johnson and Kepka would be the two that I'm, 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 you know, keeping a close eye on this week. And just at the back end, is there somebody a name you're going to throw in the hat? <laughs> I don't really like much in the fifty to to kind of you know ninety range uh, yeah. this week. I, I'm not I'm not convinced there's a lot of value there. Yeah. Um, but one player I do like is uh, Wacken Neiman. 
Um, mm-hmm. He was he was third uh, last week for greens and regulation uh, on live. Um, and he's a player that I really like. Uh, he, he finished second at Donald Ross Design at the Rocket Mortgage uh, event on the PGA Tour in 2021. So he's got Donald Ross form. Um, and he's he's a player who I think could certainly win a major. Um, uh, you know, uh, he's got he's got the game to win. He's powerful. Uh, you know, he's in his 20s, uh, which is, um, you, you know, a lot of the winners of the PGA Championship in the last few years have been in their 20s. Uh, and he ticks a lot of the boxes, um, I think, to win a PGA Championship. Uh, and, and I just like the fact that, you know, he goes a bit under the radar. Um, I think the live golfers in general go under the radar. Um, you know, I, I think that, as I mentioned earlier on, people pay a lot of attention to stats sometimes. Um, and live golfers don't quite have that, that that stats. You know, they don't have the stroke scan numbers. They've only got the traditional yeah, driving accuracy, greens and regulation, you know, such like. Um, and I think they're undervalued a lot of the time. We saw that at the Masters. Uh, we saw people underestimate them. Uh, and Mickelson and Kepka put up a fantastic performance. Um, and, and I think we probably see that again this week. I, I could well see a live golfer winning this week. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see at least a couple finish in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's live really, of course, it's the, you know, it's on the tip of everybody's tongue. It's talked about all the time. There's some controversial comments again have come out recently uh, from, from representatives of the, of the PGA. So, um, but your view on live is, you know, you, you actually think it's a positive, uh, Duncan. And can you explain why? Yeah, like I've always taken the opinion that you know I'm not I'm not kind of looking at the wider um, the, the wider kind of circumstances of it. I think that just purely from a golf perspective, um, I I really enjoy it. Um, I went to the first one in London, um, and, and I thought it was a really you know a good event for a first event. Um, I think Liv would probably be the first to maybe acknowledge that there are a few golfers short. Uh, of where they need to be in terms of quality. Um, I think you just have to look at the betting on a weekly basis, or not weekly, but um, whenever they have their event to, to know that, you know, they're probably about a dozen golfers short uh, of being, you know, where they want to be. Um, but, you know, I think from the, the event that they put on in London, firstly, was was fantastic from a fan point of view. Um, it was busy. Um, there was a vibrant atmosphere. Um, and, 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 you know, it was good from a viewing perspective i think they could again done a few more quality golfers at that point but they've since added um some good golfers from a viewing perspective you know generally i, I really like it i like the fact there's no ad breaks uh, i like the fact it's a shotgun start uh, which you know as a as a father of four now um it condenses my my viewing time significantly um, and i know that it starts at a certain time all the players get round uh, and I, I can watch it all you know within you know a five-hour window uh, which is fantastic compared to European Tour or, or PGA Tour, which will sometimes be a, a full day endeavour. Um, but, you know, as a kind of wider thing, um, I, I think that the golfers that have gone to live, um, they've obviously gone there for, for money. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think there's any, any you know, shame in that. I think the majority of people would take a job that, you know, if you're going to be paid more money for essentially less work, that's what most people would do um so you know i i don't have any kind of uh problems from from their point of view you know taking the money and and, and going to do that um and and i think that the the product that live have created 
is great considering it's you know we're only what a year into what they've created you know what they've done yeah. um i only think it, it probably gets better uh, from from here on as they add as they add more and more players um i, I would like to see uh, a bit more cohesion i think you know amongst the tours i think it's a shame that the way that it's ended up uh with, with this kind of rivalry with the other tours um and maybe you know maybe there'll be a way in future that the tours can work together um but from a, a betting perspective I, I i enjoy it i like the fact that the bookmakers are slower uh to react to to changes in uh, in running you know if you if you look at the pga tour and the dp world tour the bookmakers change their odds quite quickly uh, mm -hmm. because they've got live feeds to the to the um shots and the the, the data uh, whereas on live they don't have that at the moment so they're slower to react uh, to to if a player or days are eagles for example um so you do have a window of time to to make a bet uh, before the bookies react and it's always nice to have an advantage over the bookmakers uh so yeah you know live live is an interesting one uh, and one that you know I, I i've got to say i've watched quite a lot of it um and i, I do hope that they add that extra dozen or so players to make it really competitive uh, and, and see where it goes in the next couple of years yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a hugely controversial tour. Um, it has its plaudits and uh, it has its detractors as well, as we know. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. And I think the general consensus is a world tour will will spring forth, probably including Saudi Arabia, I think. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We can only deal with what we've got at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's nice we've had people on uh, two caddies and of course Lee Westwood who are all involved with Live. So we're trying to understand as a podcast that you know the Live point of view uh, as well. Uh, and I think that um, you you were talking about you know going for the money. Uh, Sir Jeffrey Boycott is it will be a, a podcast coming up, and it's one not to miss. Uh, <laughs> I can assure you, a very. I mean, uh, you know, it was a tremendous. Uh, interviewer listen uh, for me uh, very straight about things and he equated live with the Kerry Packer cricket tour um, and he he went into great detail and sums of money and things like that which would sort of equate so I, I guess you know that's one coming up that people I'm sure will enjoy as I'm sure they're, they're enjoying this as well Duncan so what about Jason Day um, five year wait and then all of a sudden, vertigo at the Masters, injuries galore, and he nails another PGA Tour victory over the weekend. Has he or people talking about Ricky Fowler, uh, have they, uh, in your opinion, are they good value for Oak Hill or future tournaments? Yeah, I certainly um, think Jason Day in particular could really... Um you know, catapult himself back up to the towards the top of the rankings. Mm. Um, I, I really like Jason Day as a player. Um, I think he has everything in his locker to, to go on and and certainly be, you know, a, a, a top player for, for years to come if he can stay injury free. Um, he's obviously had problems oh, yeah. off the course, whether that's with injury or, you know, he had uh, the, the death of his mother. Um, yes. And that obviously affected him as well and her, her ill health. Um, but he, he's a player that I really like, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he if he contended this week. Um, he has everything um, that he looks, you know, that you look for. You know, recent form has been a big factor um, in the PGA Championships as well. 
Um, I think it was interesting with Jason Day that when he was doing well at the match play earlier on in the year, he, he almost talked about himself um, in interviews as a kind of inferior player to, to, to guys Scheffler, Ram, McElroy. Um, and it's interesting for me how he now changes his mindset after that win uh, yesterday. I think that does he now start to view himself as one of these elite players um, who can who can compete? Um, because you know at the match play, I wasn't quite I wasn't quite you know when you when you read that you don't a player sees himself as beneath the other players, it's not what you want to see from a betting perspective because you know especially if they're playing match play, he's going to struggle to really you know close the door if he gets himself ahead. Um, but you know he, he beat Scheffler was in contention yesterday and and, and day obviously. You know, put the foot down on the back nine and and won. Um, so I, I think that's a fascinating point of view um, to see how he develops and, and if he can go on and win a couple more majors. Ricky Fowler, I'm I'm kind of less keen on. Um, I, Ricky Fowler is one of these players that I think a lot of people bet on for you know sentimentality and you know Ricky is like a, a kind of popular player, isn't he? Um, I tend to shy away from popular players um, just because I think the bookmakers price them accordingly. Um, you know, it's like um, you know, if the Open was was ever on, and if Poulter or Westwood were were going well, and you know, they would always be a popular bet in the UK because you know they were they were names that people recognised, um, and they were a kind of uh, if you were a casual better, you would always have a flutter on you know a Poulter or a Westwood, um, and I think Ricky Fowler kind of falls into that category. He's, he's kind of like everyone's second favourite player, doesn't he? You know. Yeah. Um, He's yeah. the guy that everyone kind of roots for, who uh, never really kind of feels like they've fulfilled their talent, has he? You know, he, he feels like he's been around forever, but he hasn't quite achieved what everyone thought he would achieve. And then he obviously suffered that that kind of lull in form. Um, and, and Ricky Fowler is one of these guys who, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure that uh, I'll be a Ricky Fowler backer. Uh, I worry about him on a Sunday as well. I'm not I'm not going to say he's a bottler, but um, he's, he's certainly a player that. I don't always particularly trust on a Sunday. So um, I, I think the one player I have, uh, you know, it's slightly on a, on a tangent, but the one player I have changed my mind about is Tony Fino. Um, and again, he could be another one that could go well this week. Uh, he, you know, he had that reputation as a as a bottler, and in inverted commas, uh, at the start of his career. But, you know, he's been ruthless of late. Uh, you know, four wins in his last 20 starts uh, is a phenomenal strike rate. Uh, you know, playing some really good golf, beat Ram, uh, in Mexico, uh, you know he he could well contend this week. He could be one to watch out for. And I don't think the bookies have really kind of uh, adjusted the odds on Fino. Um, you know, I think everyone kind of still sees Fino as that kind of guy that can't cross the line, um, but he's far from that now. Um, and he 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 is another one that's that's definitely on the radar this week. Uh, and, and I wouldn't begrudge. You know, he, he's a, he seems like a lovely guy, doesn't he? I've never met him or anything, but he seems like a, a good guy of golf. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't begrudge. I, would, well, I wouldn't begrudge any of Dave Fowler and Fino when they all seem like great guys. But um, yeah, uh, Fino is one. I'd rather have Fino than Fowler. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ricky, of course, won the Scottish Open at Dillon. Um, glorious weather conditions, uh, and you're right. It kind of just didn't quite kick on uh, the way people thought. And um, and just picking up on something you said, Duncan. You know, if you've been out of form or struggling to get back in. And then all of a sudden you have a pressure and it's a major and it's a Sunday. It's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, I think lots of people want Ricky to do well. 
uh, and and you know, and I hope he does. But you got to consider pressure. Who's used to it in recent times, and how have they handled it? And and Ricky hasn't quite put himself into that position for quite a while. So I guess you know, uh, caution caution is urged. So in terms, Duncan, of the golf betting club, where can people find you, and and how does it work? So you can find us at golfbettingclub.com. Um, or on Twitter, we're at Golf Betting Club. Um, if you come visit our the website, uh, you'll see that we have uh, previews of every event on the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, uh, and Live. Uh, they're all readily accessible. Uh, we have a blog uh, that's readily accessible as well. Um, we give away uh, our tips for Live uh, for free. They're, they're completely without any cost. Um, uh, so that's both before the event and in play. Um, and we offer a, a subscription model if you want our tips for uh, DP World Tour, PGA Tour, and the majors. Um, and you can sign up uh, on the website. Uh, and what we will then get access to is a Telegram group. Uh, that's the method that we use to deliver our tips. Uh, and we provide tips uh, both before the event and in play. So at the end of each round, we'll review the event. We'll look for the value to see uh, which players uh, might represent a, a good opportunity. Um, and then we advise bets on a, on a daily basis after each round. Uh, and you've obviously got access to our, our in-play blogs, uh, which we analyze um, each round and, and give a kind of like summation of, of what's happened that particular day. Um, so yeah, golfbettingclub.com, uh, you'll find everything there about uh, all the events. Even if you just want to come and have a read uh, and just see, you know, like you're thinking about putting five pounds or five dollars on someone this week at the PGA Championship and you want to know, you know, what to look out for, uh, you can come to golfbettingclub.com, uh, read our preview, see what see what it is to look out for. Um, and, and if you do want to sign up, uh, we've got an offer on at the moment that you can sign up for the rest of the month uh, for £39. Uh, and that will get you every tip until the end of the month. Uh, and you can you can decide what you want to do. There's no there's no commitment. If you like it and you enjoy uh, our service and hopefully get a few winners, then by all means you can you can carry on. Uh, but otherwise, you're you're kind of free to go if you if you don't enjoy it. But hopefully that you do. <laughs> well, I, you know, Duncan, you're, you obviously have great knowledge about the game. So uh, and you've got a methodology as well. So there are two key things I think if you're if you're going to have a look at uh, having a bet on the golf, and of course responsibly uh, as well goes without saying. Um, Duncan, congratulations on your latest arrival. Like Jason Day, you have four kids as well as Jason, but he's not <laughs> away. Uh, and, uh, and I know you've taken time out of your busy schedule at home and at work uh, to talk to uh, View from the Loch. And I think what we try to do in View from the Loch is have cover the whole gambit of golf and range of, of people involved in golf to give uh, everybody a chance. Uh, just think about different things about the wonderful game uh, that we all enjoy so much. So Duncan, thank you so, so much. Uh, obviously we'll keep in touch and uh you know we get you back to talk about some of the other biggies coming up thanks very much bill it's been a pleasure hopefully speak soon yes cheers duncan thank you